We love hip hop. All right. Let's have a conversation. Let's get it. I'm with a DJ, okay? I've never claimed to be a DJ. I, I like to start a lot of the podcast episodes with me running tunes, going crazy. I try to do a little bit of blends, but I'll never, ever say that I'm a DJ because I respect the craft of DJing. Okay? I do too. So I, w- I want to <laughs> take you into a zone here before we get into it. and then um, Let's see what you got. No one's judging. All right. Let's see if we can get into the zone with something like this. Watch you knowing it bar for bar. Holy fuck. We are back. You know what I'm saying? I'm on location. It's like I can't even find a visionary art studio anymore, yo. I'm, I'm always on road. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, I have the special, special honor to be doing this interview here with a, a young legend in the game. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, like, you know. You've been accomplishing a lot of things in a short space of time, but you've been putting in work for a long space of time. You Very, know what I'm saying? Yeah, with, you know, w- without even really realizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, for, for me personally, it all starts just from the love of hip hop, mm-hmm. um, evidently. <laughs> well, of course, because we're running some big L, right? <laughs> so for the people who are in the listening audience, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm over here and what's the name of the studio? Junior Recordings. Okay, I'm over here at Junior Recording Studio with... With the, the this young lady that I have the honor to be interviewing today, Miss DJ T Junior. TJ Ara. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that before, but yeah, T Junior. Yeah. Um, so okay. Mental health check. How 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 have you how you know we're at the end of the summer now, we're winding down, or actually we're in the fall, you know, I'm getting close to the winter, starting to get cold outside. How how's your year been? Amazing. Talk to me. What's the been the highlight of the year? Everything. The journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought the highlight was going to be winning. Okay. Um, you know, because we're always aiming for that W. Mm-hmm. And um, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But at this, at the top of the year, and I talked about this uh, previously at another podcast, but we're here with We Love Hip Hop. We Love Hip Hop. So let's get it popping. Hold on. Um, I have sound different for that. <laughs> we Love Hip Hop. Yes, we do. <laughs> And uh, at the top of the year, I just made a commitment to myself mm-hmm. to just lock in extra, focus extra. Um, I was very focused on the DMC DJ Championships, yes. which is one of the most prestigious DJ competitions in the world. It is. And uh, yeah, I every single week, every single day, I put in the work just to get to that next level. You know, my journey mm-hmm. was very much focused around that one major goal. Okay. My goal was to win number one in Canada. Um, and I did, and I'm and I'm very very excited about it. Um, making history for myself as well as just for women in general, I think it's also very cool. Yeah, to be the, the first female DMC champion for Canada. For Canada, yeah. Okay, that's With, dope. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I just want to inspire. I I wanted to just 
you know, inspire myself mm-hmm. and inspire others in the process. So my year has been amazing. Um, I can't wait to lock in during these next few months yeah. and then and, and start planning, you know, thinking about next year. I Contrary to a lot of what people might think or what they prefer, I love when it starts getting cold. Okay. Um, I think it has to do a lot with the studio environment as well. Mm. So I, I just feel more locked in. I feel like there's less noise. Yeah, you know, you less can distractions. Yeah, you can block it out, and that's what I had to do at the top of the year and throughout the whole year. So it was a whole year's effort to get to that W, and it continues though yeah. because now I'm preparing for Worlds, and um, I just submitted my two minute elimination video yesterday. Okay, just yesterday. So that's. For, I'll, I'll show for it to you after, for the world championship nice nice, nice. yeah so, so you've you, have you ever competed in the world championship before i have and it was for not for dmcs okay uh because comp- you've done other championship like the other stuff like the the goldies the red bull different things like that right yes yeah. so at a world scale mm-hmm. um it was the goldie awards in 2019 nice so with that it's they select the top eight djs in the world mm-hmm. and the top eight beat makers and you just uh, it's a tracks goldie awards so yeah he had us go out l- named after his label yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. had us all go out to new york at the brooklyn steel mm-hmm. and uh what an amazing experience and salute to him for having the the team and the resource and just everything the experience was amazing he took care of us everything was super organized mm-hmm. you know he kind of he understands from a dj and artist perspective just he wanted us to focus on our craft and have everything taken care of and he, yeah. and he did so that was that was at a world level and it was an amazing experience you know you have judges like dj craze mm. just blaze wow yeah so you you know you're you're getting those are the guys that you're trying to impress yeah and you're making connections at the same time no yeah mm. yeah okay so even like before we go back into your history like i know with djing right like no matter how old you are or how young you are, there's always, most of the time there's a mentor. Yeah. Did you have a DJ mentor? I had three, have four. Okay. So I can speak a little bit and I'm super. No, no, speak a lot of bit about yeah. them. Like we, we potted. And I always give respect and credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one, of, one of my biggest idols is obviously Kobe. So I always have that curiosity in me. So when I try and look back in time, and try and think of like who was i back then and it's mm. still the same person i am today it's just i'm trying to look back in time i was always curious always wanted to be the best at whatever i was doing at that time yeah so growing up i was super inspired by hip-hop specifically 90s east coast hip-hop mm-hmm. from new york so my first job was at loblaws wow <laughs> a grocery store and yeah. i was someone who i didn't i couldn't wait to get to work because mm-hmm. i just wanted that independence and freedom to do what i do what i wanted to do right and at that time i was just like my goal was you know do well in school and then i loved hip-hop so i'd always just be searching for everything yeah basically and uh my manager at the time he had a certain swag to him mm-hmm. so then i i would always just be like you know what what kind of music do you listen to i was 15 at the time right and he's he's looking at me like what's this little kid asking you about you don't know you know he kind of gave me that sense and i was like i I bet i do and then he started naming off if he i think he said something like um (laughs) might have been like mc shan (laughs) wow karis one 
Big Daddy Kane. Rock him's his favorite artist. Mm-hmm. So then I started speaking that language. You know, I started talking about the albums. Yeah. You know, Boogie Down Productions. You know, really delving back into the day. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, "How do you know this?" And I'm like, "Because I researched it." Mm. And then he's like, "Okay, this is different. I've never, I've never had to experience this." Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he's he became a uh, you know like a older brother to me through mm-hmm. the throughout mm-hmm. the years, and someone I could just ask questions. And eventually, I I got my first pair of turntables because of him. Okay. I heard him scratch. I had no interest in being a DJ at that point, actually. Yeah. Um, but I did. I. Early on, I, I said, "Give me all your mixtapes." Mm. He was, he was, he had. Do you remember those CD cases? You would just flip through. I, it looks I, like a book. I, I don't only remember one. <laughs> I just had to like dig one of those and like move it somewhere else in like all my stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I just literally seen one of those like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me all of. It might have been a hundred CDs. Yeah, mixtapes. Yeah, they, those, those hold a lot. He's like take this study it do whatever you want burn mm. them i'm like i'm not done burning them i had a list of like which ones were encoded which ones are burned i have that list till this day and he, he could. <laughs> you were intricate with it eh? <laughs> yeah and i wrote down every track list and then i would write down lyrics as well just so i can i'm not a writer i'm a reciter i tell that's why i knew the bars <laughs> okay so that that actually brings me to a question were you like doing any type of work before or like even in school were you inclined to like be like you know very efficient and like you know listing things itineraries data entry that type of thing like were you like organized like were you always organized this is an uh, this is an amazing question Mm. because if you ask my family they'll say no (laughs) but (laughs) if you ask creatively and artistically Mm. yes because i I actually want to go into art school. I can draw. Yeah. And a lot, I think most people don't know that. I don't talk about it. But right. originally it was, you know, fine arts. Um, okay. And I, I love um, I love drawing with pencil. That's my favorite medium. Mm-hmm. And I was very intricate. I was so intricate with the details. I remember this in grade nine. Um, even back then it was competitive because I didn't really know how good I was at drawing until there was a competition. Okay. In the first day of class, the teacher goes... Whoever draws the best sphere with the light pointing down and on it Mm -hmm. will get a prize. And then I I just went to work and I won. And I was like, this is cool. I want more. Let's go. I want to be like, I want to be the really trying. I want to be the best artist. And then, yeah, there's only one other person in the class. She was sort of like a natural, right? We had different styles, but then I ended up getting the highest art grade in the entire school. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I told my parents, I was like, yeah, this is, they, they didn't, re- they, they're immigrants, right? From yeah. Macedonia, yeah. both of them. So they kind of came here with the mindset of, um, get a job. Yes. Be a doctor, lawyer, lawyer anything. Doctor, those, lawyer, right. Those things that make 60K a year and up. That's <laughs> immigrant parents want that. Yeah. You know so I mean? they go art. Like, mm. you know, the teachers tried to sort of speak to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went home. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> And they're like, you're gonna take science. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no problem. They're like art's not a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And yeah. and that's just the mentality from that generation and w- where I come from, my roots, right? Mm. Um, which I'm totally proud of. And I'm, I'm, you know, my parents did a great job too. Yeah, but they did. the the art creative side still manifested itself. It never left. So when it comes to v- being very meticulous, I might not be the most organized. Mm-hmm. In terms of like listing things, but I'm very meticulous. I'm very detail oriented. Yeah. yeah, it's all in the details, and I think that 
that's where a lot of people tend to look over or they don't they don't look at the details mm -hmm. but you have to that's all i can see in here is the details paying, paying attention to the details, details yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that was that's always been me i remember when i had an art project back to the art thing mm -hmm. um and because of I, I like pencil because it's very you can do very very detailed fine work with yeah. it um i had to draw i think it was uh, a lion cub okay or maybe a tiger and uh the art teacher comes over and she goes that the rock she's like you're spending too much time on the rock there was a mm. rock in front of the the tiger she's like you're gonna run out of time and now when i look back at i still have that art piece the rock looks 3d <laughs> in relative Mad details on the rock <laughs> relative to the the cub because i didn't i just didn't have time if i wanted to do it you know if i want to stretch the time i would have taken way longer and had that um detail that i wanted to so that's just you know just staying sharp in that way that's yeah. always been my thing you know now if you see me as a dj and competitively the way that i piece together routines and mm -hmm. even the sound selection just the fine movements of it right it's very meticulous yeah. so and and even for when we were talking about behind the scenes like when we were discussing like the, the nipsey hustle mixtape and stuff like that there's intention and everything i yeah. for that so when it comes to the art side i am i put all my organizational efforts towards that so mm. i had a word document open and i wrote nipsey hustle tribute mix and then i listed all his mixtapes every single he's ever been on every feature everything wow and then uh i started to just look at it um sort of you know i took a step back and i just looked at the big picture and mm -hmm. i'm like what do i what do i want to say and how can I say it? Yeah. Because essentially, if if you're drawing music from a mixtape, it's a mixtape quality, which means it has not been mixed and mastered. Yeah. So so essentially what I had to do was make a mixtape of a mixtape, mm. but also make it sound, you know. Remastered, basically. Yeah, playable yeah. And, and remastered. And also I'm thinking about the intro. What, what do I want to say? How do I want to tell his story from mm. his perspective? But you know also include my style yes so i started to write my intro and then i had this many tracks these are these are the, the songs i've shortlisted mm -hmm. and then i want to build up some excitement because if i'm at the gym now i want it to pick up yeah. i want to pick up the pace and not to interrupt you also have to keep in mind like what's going to blend with what even if you i'm thinking tell about the stories key. yeah the keys yeah so i'm mm. thinking about key as well and then i sort of had to sequence it in a very particular way yeah so it's sonically that it sounds good to the listener mm -hmm. you know someone who's not an audio engineer or or not in the music industry gives me the best feedbacks and sometimes because they're the ones that'll tell you they may not know why something is good but they know when something's bad yeah right yeah they know what it meant what how it made them feel yeah yeah. They'll, they'll know what makes them feel good mm -hmm. so that's that's my goal when it comes to music as an engineer as, as a dj yeah yeah so even like and just to stay on that for a quick minute because i find that super interesting like with something that meticulous right and like the listing and everything that you put together and like having to think of your tempos and all that like how long would something like that take to begin like to create from beginning to end that tape took me a while i because i cared mm -hmm. And um, I obviously was working on other things throughout that time. Yeah. And I think 
I think that might have been another year that I was doing competition. So that was also a focus. And I remember someone was rushing me to do an, uh, they're like, you got to put out a nip tape. You got to put out a nip tape. People are already putting them out. Yeah. I, I remember that conversation and I go, it was, I go, that's, I don't care who's putting out anything because yeah. it's not going to sound like what I'm putting out. And I want to put in work and I want to put in time and effort, mm -hmm. right? Because you can tell that the people that rushed into it weren't even a fan of Nip. Yeah. They just hopped on. It was a wave thing. Yeah, it was a wave thing. And then they, which fine, that's one part of it that they want to hop on the wave. But on, a, on the other hand, it was like, you didn't even blend the tracks. Mm. Yeah, because they just... <laughs> everything that you like everything that you described the, yeah. the time that it takes to put everything together you still have to keep in mind is it going to sound good next to each other and stuff yeah. you know what i'm saying it, yeah that's 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 that really shows the love of hip-hop yeah right? yeah speaking of the love of, of hip-hop i'm going to throw a name at you right i want you to tell me what this name means to you marshall mathers the greatest of all time okay and it's funny that you mentioned Marshall Mathers because prior to this interview mm -hmm. today, I was watching the interview on hot boxing with Mike Tyson featuring wow. M. That was a good interview. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just needed, usually it's Kobe. I'm usually watching Kobe interviews. Mm -hmm. And Mar another ironic thing that you brought up M is the fact that that's the artist and the first album that I listened to and got my hands on. You stole it from your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> I do my research. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first, that was the first thing. That was mm. the first piece of art. And I go, this is amazing. This is phenomenal. I need to know more. Yeah. And um, from there, it sort of, you know, it sort of took off for me in terms of the love for hip hop. I'm, I was super attracted to hip hop. Mm -hmm. And there were so, so many other genres, right? But nothing, there was nothing that moved me quite like hip hop. Yeah. And the interesting thing is M talked about that in the interview. And he he's like, I didn't really get into rock and roll like everybody else. I didn't get into th this genre. He's like, mm -hmm. it was hip hop. And I gravitated towards hip hop at yeah. such an early age. And I feel like I just could relate to it on so many levels. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's so many. Hip hop is the one. And I thought about this and I still think about why. Right. And and it's it's definitely a great outlet. Yeah. And also. If you think about the number of words per song, hip hop, you can learn. Hip hop taught me a lot about movies. Um, hip hop raised me like, mm. like the book, you know, the book right there. That's, yeah. that's my hip hop Bible. But if you look at how many words are in a hip hop song and what they're, you know, what you can learn mm -hmm. with each line and all the references and the entendres, the double, you know, yeah. you, you can actually learn a lot. So I feel like, there's a song for everything mm -hmm. that you're also going through emotionally. So that's, that's part of it as well for me. Yeah. That's, that's dope. And, and yeah. you even mentioned like the amount of words in hip hop and a couple of things come to my mind. Like M won a competition um, or not a competition. He won like, um, like, you know, like a, not an award, but like a Guinness, a feat, like a Guinness book, a, a record. That's what it is. A record. Yeah. He won a record for the most amount of words um, in hip hop songs or something like that. I don't remember exactly what the statistic was, but he uses the most amount of words yeah. per song or per, um, per verse every time that he raps. You know what I'm saying? I, like that. I think it was alluding also to rap God. 
Yeah. Right? It, it might have been for the one song. It, yeah. It was something he got, there was some kind of record that he broke after, around that time. And I was like, there's a record for that? Holy yeah, shit. yeah, he, yeah. He, did, and he did that. Yeah. Secondly, even, you know, you have Macedonian parents, right? Right. When you were growing up, you didn't know how to speak English. That's that's right. So did I was hip hop help with that? So I was I was born here, mm-hmm. did not know English when I started school, and neither yeah. neither did my sister, who's older. And we were in JKSK, and my okay. brother wasn't my brother wasn't born at the time. We were in JK and SK mm-hmm. together and we're speaking Macedonian to each other and they would always split us and we're like, we don't know. We have no idea what they're saying, yeah. <laughs> but I think hip hop, I, I don't, it probably did help. And I, I don't know. I don't know why, but if you don't, I, I picked up English rather quickly and mm. then I ended up winning English awards. Okay. Ironically, after they put me in ESL for no reason, but um, <laughs> they did that. And then yeah. I'm like, you want to put me in ESL? I know English. This was grade eight. I'm like, I know English at this point. In grade eight, they had you in ESL? Yeah, because I transferred schools and then my sister didn't get put in ESL. Why did, why did he put me? And I was like, all right, you, you want to put me in? I'm going to win the award. Yeah. So it's always been competitive without knowing it. Mm-hmm. But I think hip hop just allowed me to express myself. Yeah. You know, and it gives me confidence. It gives you that confidence that, that other genres may not. R&B mm. is... It hits you in a different. Uh, I think. I think it. It allows you to sit in a different emotion. Mm-hmm. That I don't want to sit in those emotions and those frequencies too long. Yeah. Um, maybe it works for some people. I know. I know certain people that listen to Babyface in the gym, and I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. But um, yeah. I need Mob Deep. I need. <laughs> I need Hell on Earth. I need. Yeah. I need. I need G Unit. I need Fifty Cent. Wow, she said Hell on Earth. <laughs> That's how I know you're a hip hop head because you didn't go to the infamous <laughs> album. You went to the to the the real gem album. Like people don't know that that Hell on Earth <laughs> album is the one. It's yeah. Oh man, it is every track. Every track is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love Havoc yeah, and Prodigy man. too. R.I.P.P. R.I.P.P. For real. So so tell yeah. me about growing up in Scarborough. Growing up in Scarborough is, and and I, you probably did see a. a my story on that as well it it was lovely you know i think i spent up to maybe grade four there mm-hmm. but my fondest memories and just my upbringing was in scarborough yeah. and my grandmother's house with my grandparents um both my parents there and then once my brother was born obviously we had to you know the house got too big mm-hmm. and my uncle was always there he'd always bring my cousins there it was yeah. always you know very tight-knit family and we just always looked out for each other. We sort of had, we always were very family oriented and mm-hmm. very big on our morals and principles and just trying to stick together. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of that, that mafia loyalty in a way. Yeah. Like without, no, without saying anything, my siblings, not, we got each other. I got your back. Like there, it goes without saying. So Scarborough was, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. I, yeah. And you all eventually started moving further out east and stuff like that, like the Durham area and stuff like that. When you started getting into the DJing, like you said, like around 18, 19. Yeah. Like yeah. First set of turntables. I'd say 18. Yeah. I think it was 18. Right. Yeah. Um, Did that affect you getting into like the music stuff? Because like the further you move away from like, I feel from Toronto, it makes it harder to like 
get into this entertainment game? You know what? In a way, I think I think it's always difficult mm-hmm. because you don't at that point when you're starting out, I actually never had expectations to be in the music industry. Mm. It was just something to be creative with. You know, I always like to express myself creatively. Mm-hmm. And that was that was how I like to spend my time because I didn't really fit in with people in high school. I was friends with people, but I was not, you know, I was cool with everyone, but I still felt like they didn't get me. Right. And um, everyone was very surface level thinkers, you know? So when you feel like you're thinking beyond that all the mm. time or you're like, they don't get me. Yeah. You know, they don't get me. I, I feel different. You go in any room, you're like, I'm friends with these people, but they don't get me. Yeah. So when I turned to music, I was like, music gets me and I get music. Music was so much easier to understand for me than, than certain people, mm-hmm. you know, and it was always there for me. I could always go to it and it was fun. I don't have to go out on the weekends. I can just focus on my craft. Yeah. And without knowing it, you know, over time you're working hard at something. And I, I was just, I would have much rather just been focusing on music than going out going out drinking partying Mm -hmm. it just i was not really interested in doing that yeah yeah and uh focused on music yeah without even knowing it throughout the journey and i think i think even i was looking a lot into the new york scene Mm -hmm. and then i learned about the west coast you know the dr dre's exhibit everyone everyone out west and then i learned about the toronto scene I was late. I mean, I didn't really know anyone in Toronto like that in the music scene. Mm-hmm. But I do remember the first track that caught my ear while I was driving. This this was years ago. It was The City is Mine by Drake. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I forget what year that was. That's about 2000 and three or four maybe was it yeah so and that when i when i heard that play on the radio for the first time i i couldn't i I couldn't remember what they said who the artist was at Mm. that point i don't think i i knew of him at that point in time right and i wasn't really listening to local radio that much so when i heard that it caught my ear immediately i'm like who is this guy who is this guy i wrote it down in my notes like the lyrics that i remembered I was like, who is this guy? Like, he's he's amazing. And mm-hmm. I just, all I knew is that he was from Toronto because obviously it's playing on, on the radio stations yeah. here. Yeah. That was a flow classic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, after that, you know, I, I, I slowly began to network in the Toronto scene, mainly on the DJ side of things. So I would go out and make it a point to like, you know, watch other competitors. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about competing at that point. I always sort of dreamed of it. Like, I want to do that one day. Yeah. You know, but I was so fascinated by what these guys could do live. Like DJ Vect, um, DJ Juice from Hamilton. Like, I was inspired by these guys. And then I went to a show from yet another mentor, DJ Cal, Mm. who when I was doing my undergrad at U of T, that's where I sort of met him. And then he's like, wow like i've never seen like it, he i think he felt that the art form was not that popular anymore yeah and i want and i'm glad you brought it up something that we're going to be discussing later on as well so continue yeah so at that point i guess he just he was just thrilled to teach 
what he knew mm-hmm. because someone's receptive to it, it's receptive to learning. And I, the other day I came across emails that I sent to him. Um, this was a, so long ago. And I, I would just, I would bother him, bombard him literally with MP3s that I would record and say, evaluate how my scratching sounds. Yeah. You know, how does this sound to you? And then he'd say, do this. He'd give me feedback, but through email. <laughs> and then, you know, I just kept carrying forward. I just wanted to learn more. Mm-hmm. Then I went to a DMC, DMC show with him. And that's where I met the Turnstiles crew, D Scratch. Mm-hmm. So he, DJ Cal looked up to D Scratch. And that's where I met him. And, you know, Little Jazz, DJ Grouch. Mm-hmm. These are... Salute to Grouch. Yeah. So all three of the Toronto yeah, legends. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they paved the way. They paved the way for, for me. And then, you know, throughout that time, I think, you know, D Scratch is like, who is this girl? Like, you can scratch, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I learned from him. He was the first person who taught me the fundamentals of beat juggling. Okay. Yeah. And he taught me a lot. He spent, we, we have hours upon hours of just, you know, practicing and, yeah. and him just teach. Um, I was a student. I'm like, I'm ready to learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm forever grateful that, you know, that I have these mentors along my journey. And then from there I met, DJ Vect, who's a seven-time world champion. Mm-hmm. Seven-time world champion. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was learning off of him. So everyone, you know, was super important in my journey. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have to put in the work. Otherwise, they're not going to waste their time. Yeah. These are legends you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. These are legends. So it just generationally, I was able to, you know, tap it. I don't know. It was it tap into the, the DJ, the DJ world. Well, more than just the DJing world, because... There's different levels to it, right? There's DJs yeah. who they go play clubs. They know how to mix. You know what I'm saying? They know how to um to, to blend and stuff like that. And that's cool, right? But you're a turntablist. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. let's get technical about it. Like, yeah. there's it's one thing art, to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because the scratching part and the beat juggling and stuff, that's a whole thing that s- club DJs are like, I ah. You know, so this, those two worlds intersect as well, but there's right. a section of club DJs who are, I ain't doing all that scratching and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Being yeah, able to remake a don't. beat with scratches and stuff like that's a lot of practice. Yeah, it's a lot of practice. And, yeah. you know, every turntablist is a DJ, but not every DJ is a turntablist. There you go. So that's, that's what, what it I is. Meant. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And it's a very niche, specialized art form and a specialized skill mm-hmm. that can only be you can't fake the funk when it comes to that you know you can fake the funk in the clubs just air horn here blow, siren there yeah you could yell over some shit <laughs> next <laughs> you know what I'm saying I fake DJ <laughs> sometimes you know what I'm saying and in 2016 I, it might have been I don't remember exactly it might have been 2015 2016 when I actually you know I had people push me into the, the scene in terms of you have you're like an encyclopedia mm. you know a lot of music and you should be playing out at venues because yeah. why not right and I, that was also a, not a goal i was like i don't really want to be out there what's the who cares this is fun to me right um so i ended up playing out so i so i ended up doing both you know i'm doing the turntable stuff which that's always going to be the most fun for me just you're you have the freedom to create whatever you want mm-hmm. you know and and at the beginning when you're practicing it, which is why most people drop out of the practice is because you know what you want to hear, but you can't do it because you don't have the mechanics yet. And, yeah. and 
yeah, you don't have the foundation down and you don't have the neuromuscular connection because that mm. has to settle in, right? It takes months. Yeah, you have to have muscle memory of the different places where you're going to be placing your hands on the on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of people just, they quit because it there's a learning curve that's very frustrating. But mm -hmm. when you hit your milestone each month or, you know, what? Whatever your whatever your goal is, if you want to just get the crab scratch, just keep practicing, and then. Yeah. But it's sometimes it's as as little as a small micro adjustment of your wrist, mm -hmm. and that you didn't know about, which is why it's so important to have a mentor. You know, someone that's going to say, "Don't do that," or I always ask for harsh feedback wherever necessary, mm -hmm. and I, and a lot of the guys won't do that because. You know, they're like, you're, you're doing, you're doing good. I'm not going to, I'm going to be rude about it. I'm like, be rude. Like, yeah. I, I want to hear it because that's how I want to process it and be like, okay, I need to, I need to hear it that way. Don't, yeah. sh don't sugarcoat it to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I specifically asked, don't sugarcoat it. Let me know what you think exactly. Yeah. Good and bad. Right. Yeah. You don't want to do the transformer and all oh, that yeah, stuff. <laughs> the transform. Yeah. The yeah. Trans th those are the those are easy now you know yeah those are easy now this year one of my goals was to do a to excel or further enhance my skill level in uh beat juggling mm -hmm. which which i have and that took a lot of practice as well yeah and then getting some advanced scratching techniques down like the double click flare i can i can do now um and and that even with that all it took was a small adjustment on on my wrist and and on the fader as well mm -hmm. so it could be a very small issue but but i always record myself and similar to what kobe used to do when he used to study his tapes okay. i'll record myself and i'll study my tapes and my hand movements wow just to see you know what where's the issue why can't i get it you know listen i, I feel <laughs> like these techniques that you're giving here like of the way that you work on improving the things that you're that, that you're good at and that you're passionate about are very valuable because as an audience member, you can take that and be like, you know what? I can apply some of this to like the things that I'm passionate about and, yeah, absolutely. and excel there because from what you've described and where you are, like the things are working, you know what I'm saying? It also yeah. brings me to like, um, radio show. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a radio show going on. I had a radio show on fusion radio. It was mm. an online radio show. It, yeah uft scarborough yeah and it was called real hip-hop real hip-hop yeah and it was every monday night from 12 a.m to 1 a.m and mm -hmm. then over time i i was able to acquire another hour so it ended up being 12 a.m to 2 a.m okay and um i was always after this great this other great radio show before me called champ radio mm -hmm. and um they were great they were great guys they was they they were the ones that taught me a lot indirectly just mm. about the new stuff that's coming out you know they they put me on a lot of music because i would listen to them right there right right before my set um my goal at that at that hour was just to promote and educate about real hip-hop mm -hmm. i was such a purist at that time and i'll use that term but i my goal was just to educate and and when you teach something you learn it twice yeah so you know it was it was a win-win for me I need to write that down. When you teach something, you learn it twice. That's bars right there. Holy. Yeah. Put me in the booth. Yeah. No, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> He's really. No, keep going. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 philosopher T. Yeah. Yeah. So with that radio show, 
Um, I did it, I think it was, I don't know how long I did it for, but I loved it, you know, and you get evaluated. Mm. You get, there's a criteria, so you have to meet certain guidelines, right? And you you can get guests on the show. You can discuss certain topics. Yeah. You have to play a certain amount of Canadian content. So I thirty percent CanCon. Yeah. yeah. So I learned about just even how to talk in the mic. How, how do I want my intro to be? I made a little snippet intro, mm-hmm. and then when I interview others, you know, I'm just trying to think of how can I communicate what I want to say. You know, it's still very early on, and I, I didn't have experience, but. It was so cool to have a radio show yeah. and then be able to DJ and then talk about the history of hip hop. Talk about maybe, let, maybe today we're going to talk about Nas, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was fun. Again, it all comes back to do what's fun for you. Mm-hmm. But I like the point that you made about um, these, that, you know, just honing in on your craft is actually helping you in other areas of your life. Yes. So for example, this year, my goal, and I have it, written down mm-hmm. uh, was to win dmc nationals for canada so my ability to to really focus in helped me in all other areas of my life yeah you know because i would i would practice every day for some days it might have been two hours some days three some days one one hour some days five hours it, it just it depends where your mind's at that yeah. day but for sure i i always like to get two hours in and then you take that mindset and you go to the gym because now that's your break. And now you're focused at the gym. Mm. And then that focus requires you to really dial in. And, you know, there's a lot of distractions. Yeah, People are always going to want your time. So saying no was very important that, do you want to come out this weekend? No. Do you want to work this weekend? No. Mm-hmm. There was leading up to the competition, like my deadlines, I gave away a lot of DJ work just because I, I spent the weekends just, I needed to be in the mind state to create and the mind state to record my sets mm-hmm. without any external noise. Yeah. You know, because sometimes if you're playing, if you're practicing all day and you have a gig at night, your, your mind, like even if it's 10% of it's thinking about that, that night shift. Yeah. It takes away from that 100%, 110% that you're supposed to be putting into your craft and that, you know, your deadline's coming up. I'm supposed to be the best. Yeah. So I gave out, I was like, you know what? There's always going to be DJ work, but this opportunity to be the best, that is now. So just getting rid of those distractions, you know, mm-hmm. telling people I can't come out for lunch. Sorry. You know, maybe yeah. not like that. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> and actually, everyone who knows me knows that that was the tone. Don't even FaceTime me. Yes, you're, you're locked in. Locked in. But it became easy to do that because it became a habit. Mm-hmm. So it became easy to lock in. Yeah. You know, because you just look at your phone, you put it down, and you realize you don't even want to, your energy doesn't even want to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of what I also noticed was, um, and maybe a lot of people can relate to this who are super dialed in. When you're dialed in, people feel that energy and then they they want to take it away from you more yeah and i think that's really a test you know it's a test from god are you, do you really want this yeah do you how, how easy yeah. it, how easy <laughs> is it to distract you from your path yeah it, it's that's, that's basically what's being asked from 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 up above is it is it that easy as soon as you see a bouncing ball you're like you're gone you don't really want it that bad yeah yeah exactly yeah. or just having to say no to certain 
things that you want to do as a regular girl you know mm. you want to go out you want to meet you guys you want to do you know yeah. but but for right now is not the time if, if i'm trying to make history mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know unless you're gonna put a ring on it i was just not trying to <laughs> yeah well you know it brings me to a question right as, as a woman um in this male dominated game okay has anybody ever tried you like as the dj like you know what i mean by like they like they try to put you in a me too situation like i see this happen with with women artists right like rappers singers and stuff like that they'll say yeah he invited me to a studio session but he, he didn't want to make no fucking music they have you ever been in those situations yeah then and they'll always they'll always try because mm -hmm. that's just a male I, I i'm not knocking the males in the industry i just think that that is just part of evolution mm. because we're wired differently that's yeah. that's just a fact right we're we're nurturing men are out there supposed to be you know dominant dominant like forces that, yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that primitive that primitive feature is always going to be there mm -hmm. so i try just not to take it too personal because you know they're they're always going to try so it's not i can't i can't I can't stop someone from acting a certain way and I can't necessarily teach them, but mm -hmm. I can manage and navigate ways to deal with it. Yeah. So it's also how you respond and your boundaries. So if, if a guy tries, but he realizes that my response is not moving towards the direction that he was hoping for, mm -hmm. then he kind of, he will respect it. And if he doesn't, then I know that that person's not for me mm -hmm. in terms of a business relationship. You know, if you don't respect my time or, or myself as an artist, as a DJ, as an engineer, then maybe you're not someone that I want around me. Yeah. You know, so I, I kind of just look at it from that lens because, you know, men and women are always going to go through it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that men go through it as well. With, you know, because. But it's different. Not to interrupt you. It's different because we don't get into a situation where we might lose the opportunity because we don't want to fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's rarely yeah, or it's, that's it's, true. it's not as often that the woman is in a, in the position where she's the one who's going to give you the job and if she is, she's not like, well, you know, you know, opens the dress <laughs> and then it's like you better get down there and and be a munch or you're not going to be able to get this job. Like that happens sometimes. <laughs> you thought I was feeling you? <laughs> you thought I was feeling you, right? But like it's oh it's like gosh. those no, things that become you. in movies. It's a real thing. I, you know I, what I'm yeah. saying? When the, when you have that woman who's out there doing that, you know what I'm saying? But there's a plethora of guys who are oh like, you know, well, if you want to get through this door, then you know, what I mean, it, the couch is over here, kind of thing, and it's like that could get if i if i was a woman i'd be annoyed because i'm like so you're telling me now i can't get the fucking job that i'm super super qualified for because there's because an ex you expectation hit on me. there's an expectation on their side tied to it that's, yeah. that's that's personal and this doof that just walked in here who has half my skills he gets it because you're going to try to hit on him yeah it happens all the time isn't that annoying I, yeah it it happens <laughs> it happens all the time you just got to push through it it you don't seem annoyed by it. You seem very well because I, I've been in the industry for so long, and it, mm. I, it's nothing new to me, right? So when you see it so often, you know what to expect after a certain time. It's yeah. almost like a expected pattern of behavior, and you mm. go, "I've seen this before," you know. And now you just know you don't fall for the trap. Yeah, you know, there's it's not 
come on. No, but but it is it is out there where it's, I would say that I do notice it a lot with men in position of power mm-hmm. that that will try and tie you know they they have personal expectations but I will not compromise my business um you know just my my business and my business needs yeah. for your personal gains it's just not going to happen because at the end of the day the the male it's just the way it is but the male will you know he he'll always it's a win-win for him mm-hmm. but if you don't want your name and your brand tarnished and and your everything you've worked up for can just it, you know dissolve or no one's going to want to work with you yeah you you don't want to ruin your reputation for for something like that it's not worth it yeah and even on your yeah. come up like when you're achieving things you don't want in the back of your mind you're like did i get here because of my merit or did i get here because i right. gave it up yeah you know what I'm <laughs> yeah 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 um a That's few more true. questions with like the djing stuff right for sure like the art of djing like I respect it, obviously. Like yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm an old school hip hop head, and I'm, I'm from that time where the DJ and the rapper were like as one. Oh, right? I like, love that. Yeah, you know, he's the DJ and I'm the rapper from DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. D- Jazzy Jeff's name was first in the moniker. Like it was Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Eric B and Rakim. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you think that DJs get the same respect now, no. like in 2022, and why not? I don't, there's so many reasons why I think that when, when you're describing a, an era where the DJ was the backbone of hip hop, mm-hmm. right? If you're an artist, then you would, it was a lot harder to get your music out. So you'd rely on the DJ, you know, I have this new single. Can you please play it on your radio show? And there's during those times it, you can't get every artist that's coming at you with that. Yeah. And you can't put them on rotation. Right. So you're really relying on local DJs like please play my track. Yeah. And and you have to get your stuff pressed on vinyl. You have to it's a lot easier today. You can put your you can shoot out your MP3s to everybody. You could just upload. Yeah. It's a simple upload, but back then it's like even when you think about 50 cent and he had he he sold physical copies. How impressive is that? And yeah. he had to do that. Right today, it's it's a, it's very digital. It's a very digital world. Yeah, I think that not just with DJing, I think that with a lot of other industries and a lot of careers, there's a loss of art in it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people are just they they don't care as much. You know, and I remember seeing this a year ago or so during the pandemic, where someone uh, started off. You know, I want to be a DJ. Mm. Cool. Do it. You know, do it. But six months in, you cannot be holding a workshop oh. teaching <laughs> DJ 101, which is... <laughs> like the person is a teacher now? That's crazy. There's six months will, is a very short time period to, to be able to, you know, to gain the knowledge and the experience that you, you want in order to teach someone else. Bam, you probably so, don't even know how to <laughs> mix well at that point. Yeah. Probably still don't. Six months? Yes. Come on. Six like, months is, 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 you know, you're still wondering what your DJ name might maybe, right? It's, it's a short time period. Mm. But I always tell people, you got to put your decade in. That's your starting point. Your starting point is putting your decade in mm-hmm. and just working a lot and, and working the right way. And, um, 
I think, yeah, it's become a little bit, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot more accessible. You can go yeah. into any music store, pick up a controller, which they're a lot cheaper mm -hmm. than, than techniques in 1200s, right? Yeah. They're a lot cheaper. You, where can you get the music? You can just subscribe to record pulls, grab the music from there. Or just pull them off of the oh, your um, friend has videos. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can rip it or you, you have a friend that works at, uh, you know, a club or a mm -hmm. venue. Okay, I want to plug me in. I want a DJ. Yeah. Right? So it's a lot. It's not so much ta It's not so much skill-based anymore. It's more clout-based. And I don't like that word, but yeah, I you can tell who cares about their craft, right? Even yeah. when it comes to writers. If, if you're a good writer, you can tell. But everyone's trying to be a writer these days yeah there was a thing that i'm looking for here on my instagram where there was a dj playing at a party i've seen it right You've and seen there that was meme? not it there was, was no like it was empty boxes yeah but i feel like that's kind of been happening for a while but just like people just bringing like, like their pre-made mixes which is like common as well doing this and yeah like I, I've, I've seen that and, I've seen uh, this a few times. I've seen people do that. Mm. And uh, I've actually ghost recorded a, a set for someone. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. What are you saying to me right now, fam? <laughs> <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. Because I've... You know when it comes to like hip-hop purists, as, as, as we, we call ourselves, right? ghostwriting is not always the most favorable thing yeah but you're telling me that you ghost dj'd fam yeah it goes in terms of so i coined that term but it just means that someone came to me for a dj service and said i i, I want a 10 minute or 15 minute dj set can you do it and then uh yeah i, I charged them and i did it <laughs> and it was it was uh it was a bunch of house music but it was it was a pretty dope mix, and I never did it after that. Yeah, yeah. Because I I thought the same thing you did. What what is going on? You know, I don't want to condone this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that is not his mix. That's so crazy. Like it's already fucked up to do the mix at home, yeah. and then now you're like literally pretending to DJ at the venue. But on top of that, it's not your mix. Yeah. So it. it so so hurt. yeah. So so what I'm trying to get at is that. You know, there's a lot of acts that simply do that. Mm -hmm. Most of their sets are pre-recorded, especially some of the bigger guys. And uh, but you can always tell because, you know, like I said, I'm detail oriented. So if if I'm watching a, a video online that's viral, mm -hmm. and um, you know that the hand move, the hand motions don't match up to the audio. Yeah, and uh, even even a small thing like. A chirp, I can, I can. If your, if your hand's not on the fader, and I hear a chirp or, or something small like a baby scratch, and mm -hmm. it wasn't done on time, it that's a dead giveaway. So for you, for, yeah, for me, yeah. And, and, and turntablists <laughs> and other like DJs that have that eye, I ain't seeing that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's you true. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's 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 good for like the the percentage of people who who have that trained eye, but for the rest of us, we're like, whoa, that's dope. That's dope. So. Yeah, I think at that point I said, you know what? I think that's always gonna be that's always gonna be there. This mm -hmm. and 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 for me, the way that I think about things is that you know it's not just our industry, but the re the real will always have longevity, mm -hmm. and that was truly evident after the pandemic. There was a million DJs that 
switch paths. Yeah. And I can't, I can't hate you for that. You know, you got to get your bread and, and do and support yourself and your family or whatnot. But, mm-hmm. but you didn't last. And they didn't do what D nice did. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, longevity is with those who actually care and they want to carry the craft forward and mm. inspire and, you know, teach the next generation of artists and DJs yeah. and whatnot. But those who, if it's just a gimmick to you, then it won't last. And that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really too worried about it, but I think, I think the concern of today is the fact that any, I feel like we're sort of seeing a generation of kids that are growing up on TikTok. Mm. So they're seeing it, but they don't understand what greatness takes. Yeah. They just see 15 seconds of a pre recorded set and they think I can do this or yeah. that, it, that it was so easy that they may not, you know, they're thinking, I don't need to take the foundational steps yeah. of practicing two hours a day. I, one of my friends who's, you know, he, he works for the CEBL and he mm-hmm. said, You train like my players. Like you're, you practice for two, three hours, you're sweating. You're, you're drinking Gatorade, (laughs) you know? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what it takes. And, and I'm just getting started, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to get to a world level means a lot to me. And, you know, hard work pays off, which is, which is the truest thing. Yeah. But you'll, you're always going to have, you know, people who are not, who don't care about it or, or they're not, uh, you know, they're in it for other reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. So this individual that, (laughs) The ghost recording. I know that's how the, I ghost DJ. Yeah, ghost DJ. <laughs> that's that's the first time I've ever, I've ever heard of anything like this. Yeah. Um. Even with the DJing, like with the way that is, we've gotten to where we are now. Back in the days, DJs used to break a lot of records. Like, yeah. You know, Funk Flex. If he's dropping bombs on your record, now you got a hit. But it's changed over the years. Can DJs still break records? And I- if so, how? I believe so. I believe so. And I, I really try, I really try my best to do it mm-hmm. just through consistency. And, and the way that I do it is okay. If there's a record that, you know, the venue, you know, sorry, the crowd at the venue may not know or mm-hmm. are familiar with, because you know how Toronto crowds are. If they're not super responsive to stuff, they don't know, Yeah, you know, so it, it's a little bit challenging in that way. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, I don't care because it's part of my duty. You know, this this artist is spending a lot of time trying to make it. Yeah. And I'm going to try and help you. So the way that I do it, I'll play every set. And sometimes you could sandwich it in between two popular tracks. Mm -hmm. You know, you can play a Drizzy track and then play the artist track. If it's in the same line, you know, if it's in the same tempo or same key Mm -hmm. and you kind of do it that way, you massage it in. And then after that, I might play like Tory Lanez. Yeah. I might play Love. And then it kind of gets their their brain going. Like, what yeah. was that? That that you know that feels nice. So I'll try and break records that way. Share it, share it with other DJs or mm-hmm. you know, I think I think we still have the capacity to do it um, through consistency mm-hmm. and just creatively, just doing it more creatively. Yeah. But you you know. Just try and get regular rotation for the artists because no one else is going to do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's up to the DJs and that's wow. my, yeah. I'm glad that you, you, you have that sentiment because I feel like a lot of DJs are starting to drop that off of their, off of their mind state. Like where they're just like, I ain't even trying to do that anymore. And like, 
it it kind of brings me to my next question because they're kind of like I don't want to break the record and for here in Toronto specifically it can get dicey breaking a record so it's like I don't even want to bother anymore because when I play this guy's record this guy pressures me because he's from the other side have you ever had to deal with that type of issue? Yeah. You mean on a political? Yeah. A political standpoint? The polys, like, um, why are you playing that? You'll turn that off, fam. Have you ever gotten that? Yeah. That's crazy. That Those venues that, that I, I sort of started up at, I was just trying to get work experience as a DJ. And, mm-hmm. you know, Steels and Weston was probably not. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> 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 I was all in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "What do you need?" Gangster party. <laughs> it was, you know. Yeah. You know, you just you're just trying to get experience as a DJ, get your name out there, and uh, but when you're trying to think about exit routes, before and after, mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's a little bit. That's when you got to start questioning: sh- Do I need to be here anymore? Yeah. You know, I should probably find somewhere else to DJ. Yeah. But at that time, you're just you're just excited about opportunities. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just the way that it goes. It's, it's part of the game, unfortunately. But I'm also mindful about, you know, studying the characters. Like, who's here? How is this individual responding to that? Just just body language. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, sometimes when they come up to me and they, they say, play this song. And then I'll just quickly see what it is. Mm. And um, I will maybe not play it. Because it just may not be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm more mindful about it, you know. But it's happened before where I'll play a song and you look at the other side of the room and they look like they want to attack the DJ. And and it it's <laughs> that's so crazy. To me. Yeah, and as a as a girl too, you're, yeah. you're thinking, like, what did I get myself into? But this guy who's requesting a song is throwing hundreds at you, and you're like, all right, I just probably not. I'm not in the streets. I'm, yeah. I'm from Scarborough. I don't have polys. I don't, I don't have ops. Mm. I don't have fake ops. I post my location. This is not, you know, this is not, yeah. I do music. That's all I want to do. But, you know, if we can stay away from the politics, I, I prefer doing that. And you'll get your keep, song played. Yeah. Keep, keep it safe. There. Yeah. I think, yeah. Did that deter you? Like lasting on that thing on that on that the subject here does that deter you sometimes from even wanting to play Toronto artists because of the polys that happen over here? Because I know with show um, promoters and stuff like that, that deters them from having some of our favorite Toronto artists perform. Right, but right. like even getting the music played is is like you know what I'm not gonna play this because it's not even worth the drama. It's definitely a challenge, and it's something that we always have to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I what what could I possibly get myself into if I, yeah. if I play this? Because if you play it, then maybe uh, maybe the way that the other side might think about it is that you're with this group. Mm-hmm. So so now now you've gotten yourself into something without even knowing it. You just have to be extremely mindful about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I I'd say that you know for sure it, it it sometimes deters you because you don't know whose whose nerve you struck you didn't even know yeah you know you could be even shooting a music video and you have no idea what's what you're doing yeah in, in terms of that, that that could be dangerous filming right come on like i i just feel that that's just so annoying to have to think about like yeah. when we're all trying to make it in the city to another like like an international level you know what i'm saying 
Yeah, it's true. And and even uh, when it comes to recording artists, I primarily have my guy, G. Milla, mm-hmm. and phenomenal artist. Yeah. Yeah. So we for- sort of build a great like artist engineer relationship. We have a great dynamic in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally understand like what he's saying. And I, it's gotten to the point where, I, you know, I'm very interactive during a session. So if I give you advice, you know, I, I want to do this, let's layer this, yeah. put ad libs here, you know, he knows, he knows. And then I, I know it's almost telepathic, you know, mm. you find that dynamic, but it's definitely, it's difficult to find an artist in the city that is on the same page in that yeah. way. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the times I think the challenge other engineers may fall into is that, you know, the, the polys, <laughs> as you called it, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're willing to pay for studio time. They, they may just want a space. They may just, they're ready to go. And you're like, damn, like I, I'm going to have to respectfully decline. Yeah. You I, know, I, I'm, I, I could take the money, but then now my life's on the line. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. You just, you can't ever be too sure. And yeah. I'm not sure if other cities are like that. I'm sure it is. I'm sure, but yeah. it's a little bit, Toronto's a small city, right? Yeah. And like, I feel like the spotlight has been put on a lot of it. And I guess sometimes with like, you know, media doesn't always help neither, but there's, there's cities that have their set of, their set of problems. But certain cities, it stands out more than others, like Toronto, yeah. Chicago, right? You know what I'm saying? Jacksonville, like there's different cities that were like, this is like even Memphis, Memphis, right? Like it's a part of like it's a roadblock in like really taking it over the top. You yeah, know what I'm saying if we can eradicate that issue, of course, and in a heartbeat, right? So yeah. that we can put Toronto at the forefront of everything, because in my opinion, we have the most talented artists in the world the most talented producers mm-hmm. you know greatest songwriters djs yeah that's that's just it's a fact it's not even a bias no it's, it's not a, it's a fact it's been a proven fact over and over again like yeah. we put out so many different actors so many yeah it's crazy we have amazing talent that yeah. comes out of here and the continuously co- you know that continuously comes out of here mm-hmm. so imagine how much stronger it could be it's a, it's a, it's a convoluted issue though because it starts deeper than just this side and that side yeah you know so one of my future goals is actually to to just work with youth you know and then and 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 sort of get involved in in that way Mm -hmm. musically because i don't think that a lot of youth are tapping into this curiosity and using their minds properly i think that this social media presence of it's it's too much Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be stimulated in that way every two seconds you know, they're looking for the next gratification when really we should be focused on delayed gratification. Mm. So that's what we need to be focusing on. You know, you work hard for this number of years, put your faith in yourself and your work, you will see a huge result yeah. rather than right now, which is, you know, kids just want the latest, greatest this. They they want a quick win for everything, Yeah. you know, rather than just putting in the work. So I think that that's w- one of the issues. You know, just try and try and help, trying to help their minds mm-hmm. and grow the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's real talk. Yeah. Um, like for like my wrap up question, right? It's it's the recurring question that I ask all all my guests. Um, you know, you you've had or you have an illustrious career in this in this music game through the DJing. You, you know, you got the studio that we're in over here that you know just looks 
dope. All the rooms, <laughs> everything. You. you know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. And you learned a lot over the years. What's one thing that you wish you knew then that you know now? About the music industry? Just about just everything that your your journey, period. I you want just one answer? You want a few? <laughs> you can give me a couple if you want. Because one one of the top ones is that you know, just have just have confidence in yourself. Mm. You know? Just have confidence in yourself early. Yeah. And be able to back it up. You know, don't just be confident without any any evidence of what you're claiming to be or mm-hmm. what you claim to do. Believe that you can be great. You know, if you if you have a spurning desire for something and you know you feel it, yeah. you know, whether it's art, whether it's you you want to be the greatest, I don't know, you want to work on Bay Street, whatever, the greatest banker, but you have a burning desire for something, I think that don't don't ignore it. Mm. That that is definitely your god-given voice and talent yeah you know don't suppress it if, if you know you can be good at something work towards it mm. and if you love it do it but don't be passive about it and don't let others you know diminish that that belief in yourself mm-hmm. you know just because just because this individual doesn't understand music and maybe doesn't understand your passion and now that they, they might they might switch your mind you know they might they might deter you from your goals simply because they they don't believe in you but you know i i believe i always felt it mm-hmm. right i remember i remember i had a friend and he goes this was at u of t when i you know i i loved what i studied till this day i love what i studied yeah but he, he goes what do you want to do and i said music he said you can't do that and from that day forward i was like i'm not gonna listen to him mm. it could be because you're not me you don't do it like me. Yeah. He gave up on DJing, right? He doesn't do this. I do this. Yeah. You know? So I would say have that belief in yourself. Be able to back it up through the work you put in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, make sure, make sure that you put in the work, right? Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. want you want to have the results. Um another tip that I would give to just, you know, in the music industry in general is just be aware of who's around you and mm-hmm. who's selling dreams, so to speak, rather than who's really about their their work yeah. and, and what they're trying to accomplish and achieve. You know, if someone says, I want to work with you or, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It, the conversation is the same between a dream seller and someone who actually does it. Mm, that's a fucking bar right now. <laughs> yeah. It's the same. Yeah. But it's coming from a different type of person. You have someone who's ambitious versus someone who may be actually just lying, mm-hmm. you know? So, but they're saying the same thing to you. So be mindful of characters and, and, and actual behavior. So people who follow through with their word, those, you know, time and time again, if they follow through on their word, especially in the music industry, then, you know, keep them closer Mm -hmm. and, uh, then, then the ones that don't, but a lot of the times, you know, you'll have people in industry promising you this, promising you that, and, um, you put in your time, effort and. It's a good lesson to learn though. Yeah. You know, but we all go through it. But I would I would definitely say, you know, believe in yourself, be around like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. Um and and focus on self as well. You know, focus on focus on yourself. You yeah. you collaboration is amazing, but you can get you have to get yourself to a point. 
not you know you don't wait to be discovered mm. you got to make it happen for yourself which i learned that throughout the journey i wasn't really thinking about that early on early on when i was sort of practicing and you know i love music so much you know everyone's gonna see it and maybe this individual is gonna reach out to me and i'll be able to have this opportunity mm -hmm. you got you got to be the shark for yourself you know sometimes we're I don't know if it's a Toronto culture, but we feel like more passive about it. Yeah. And every time I go to New York and I see how they're, they're shark attack on everything, they get everything done mm. quick, fast. Everything's super. It's, they're very results oriented. They're on it, yeah. yeah. They're on it. You need, you need something printed. It, it could be anything. You need something printed out now. Reach out to this manager. Now, no one waits on it here. I feel like it's a lot slower mm. you know we want to catalyze the process it's it's a little because then the essence in your window opportunity may be gone yeah there's too much overthinking i feel here so 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 don't yeah, yeah. you're right about that yeah there's too much overthinking and now you know you think you think you're gonna wait for the perfect moment and the perfect time to do something and then you realize two years have passed and you've never dropped an album mm but there is no perfect, you know, we, we want to be working towards perfection, but as long, just because I, I'm detailed and I'm always aiming, progression's always going to be there for me. So I yeah. know that when I look back at the previous month, okay, today I'm better than when it, when it was a month ago, mm -hmm. two months ago and so on, you know, next month I'm going to be better than where we are today. Yeah, I already know progression is already in my list of goals mm -hmm. perfection is what i'm trying to get close to i know it's not it doesn't exist in a sense but i'm trying to get as close as possible to it yeah but i think the issue is that i'm not going to wait during this time period whereas uh, i feel like in toronto we wait we think there's a moment in time where like this is perfect mm -hmm. uh, and that, and it, it doesn't be waiting forever you're going to be waiting forever yeah so just make it happen for yourself take risks calculated risks if you you can mm -hmm. um you know it's got to make business sense it's got to make sense to you um yeah make it happen for yourself just be a shark be a shark for yourself don't yeah. wait for the the manager of your dreams that doesn't exist you know I, I the way that i approach things now especially this year is that i the you know i wake up every day as if someone's trying to win my title mm. and i it motivates me i need that little bit of fiery anger yeah. not just because i'm a sagittarius <laughs> but i need that i need that you know sometimes yeah. i'll message my friend and he knows how to get the spark going he'll 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 talk he'll text me in the mornings just to talk smack you know mm. and be like yo this person said this and i'm like what and i'm like you just got you just got me going yeah. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna practice way more i'm gonna dig for more samples you know mm -hmm. i'm gonna go to the gym harder so you just don't rely on others you know you are your own crutch yeah. there's good people out there i, I don't want to i don't want to put that you know i don't want to give the impression that you can't work with anybody but definitely it is it is a solo effort for a long time until you meet the right people it's all on you yeah yeah no, that's 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 jewelry that you just dropped on our head top right there. Yo. Thank you. You know, DJ T Jr., you know what I'm saying? Um, do you have any things coming up in the next couple of months or what can we expect for early 2023? 
early 2023 i don't mm. i don't want to talk too much about it but i'm definitely i've already been you know thinking and planning for next year okay uh the immediate goal right now is dmc worlds mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the deadline for that is november 18th and um you know at the top of the year i definitely think that i want to continue it so so just getting better and continuing that and like i said a long-term goal is to work with youth and tap into that mm -hmm. um continue working with my artists Gmilla and and others you know yeah, yeah. and uh looking out for 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 work that comes out of that but just keeping it moving you know that's Dope. yeah Dope. yeah um give the people your social medias so, and let the people know where they can find you, whether it's social media or any other platform that you want people to find you on. Social media, it's going to be at DJT Jr. So okay. at D-E-E-J-A-Y-T-J-R. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, MixCloud, TikTok, which I only have two posts on there. You got to get your post up, yo. Yeah, yeah it's, a, yeah. it's a lot. You know, I'm still in that middle child you know feeling where it's like do i enter this world yeah <laughs> you know yeah is this what is this how can i do it to to suit my style while while not you know you don't want to get left behind you want to mm. adapt to the current current times but um yeah that's my handle and um yeah i just look forward to to continuing the work and contributing to this amazing um, amazing art form and culture and, and everything yeah and yeah listen we look forward to receiving it yo i appreciate it yeah I, I, also i want to give a quick um salute i didn't do it in the beginning because i'm usually smoking during the interviews and stuff but salute to our sponsors astro pink i think i got a bag here you know if you know you know check them out on their instagram page astro um at astro underscore pink and check them out on their website myastropink.com i think i want to take us out here with some uh some music here because I, I feel like we had a really, really insightful conversation here. I really appreciate Let's you having it. this with me. Um, what can we get in no, here? No, thank you for having me. Let's get some music and then let's get out of here, get our pictures and we done so. What we got? Oh, let's see if, let's see if I know. This is my track. Yep, you gotta let this one play. Hey. Shout out, OZ. Yeah, man. Hit me up on my social media platforms, Friday Ricky Dread, that's D-R-E-D. We love hiphop.ca. Be off of this. Up and down Harlem blocks, iced out watch, knots in my socks, cops thinking selling rocks, pulling me over, receiving from drunk, but I'm sober, they wouldn't fuck with me if I drove a Nova. Listen, Columbo, you mad because your money comes slow, and what you making a year, I'm making one show, now you wanna frisk me and search my rock, call me your kind of name, tryna hurt my pride, you just mad cause I'm a young cat, pockets dumb fat, talking about where the gun at, I've been there and done that, I'm through with that. We love hip hop. Get out, get out, get out, get out.